Hello everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. The title of today's message is, What Really Matters? Learning Through the Lockdown. Our first text is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Philippi. I believe it's a great prayer to pray at this time. And even as I read it now, this is my prayer for you. I'm going to read it, pray it from Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. And for this text, I'm using the New Living Translation. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Amen. When lockdown was declared, our church community suddenly lost many things that we had regarded as normal. Suddenly, we could no longer gather on Sundays for worship, teaching and fellowship, or for prayer meetings, equipping times, small group meetings, even just getting together to chat. Much of church as we knew it was suddenly cancelled. And for many of us, our, our, our response was to mourn what we have lost. These things are understandably very precious to us. We miss them. And we long for the return of church as we know it. Then so, some of us started to look for new ways to do these things. We found new ways to connect and communicate making better use of our phones, computers, social media. We found new ways to preach, sharing audio and video recordings of messages. We found new ways to meet, using tools like WhatsApp groups, Facebook Live, Zoom. And then some of us have begun to ask questions about our future. Questions like these. Will we be able to go back to church as we know it? Or will we still be restricted? If it's different, what will post-lockdown church look like? What should it look like? Has the lockdown challenged our sense of priority? What is truly important? To quote from the text, what really matters? I think we need to ask questions like this as we seek the purposes of God in our crisis. God is surely at work in this season. We have this assurance from the scriptures. Let's look at two quickly. Romans 8, verse 28. From now on I'll be reading from the New International Version. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We can be assured of this. God is using this difficult time to do some good things. Then James, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work 
so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Trials are not easy, but in the end, they can bring great joy. Trials prove our faith. Trials make us stronger. They develop in us perseverance, the ability to push through when we feel like giving up. They mature us. They make us more complete as disciples of Jesus. James also notes that we need wisdom to gain these benefits from our trials. And this is really important. If we respond wisely, we will benefit from the trial. If we respond foolishly, we can fail to benefit from the trial. Let me give you an example. A foolish response to our trial is to feel sorry for ourselves, moaning, groaning, woe is me, or to just sit about passively waiting for this to come to an end. There's no benefit to be gained from this. We're just going to make ourselves miserable and probably irritate those around us. A wise response is to push through the difficulties, persevering, refusing to give up. This response will make us stronger. Another wise response is to ask God to show us what is he wanting to do through this trial. Perhaps this is the time for you to learn some new lessons, or some new ways, or some new skills. This response will make us more mature and more complete. So, we are most certainly undergoing a trial, but God is most certainly at work in it. He wants to refine our faith. He wants to grow perseverance in us. He wants to grow maturity in us. He wants to develop us. He wants to make us stronger and wiser. If we will cooperate with God through this trial, we will be changed for the good. We will come out of this season in a better place. Let's look for a biblical example. Acts chapter 8 records the first major trial that the early church faced. And it shows us how God did amazing things through a massive crisis. Listen as I read from Acts chapter 8, the first four verses. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. When the first church persecution broke out, some believers were locked down. They were put in prison. The rest were locked out. They fled to escape Paul's persecution. Not long before this, 
the early church had been thriving. They had been enjoying powerful corporate meetings in the temple courts, intimate community meetings in their homes. They enjoyed favour from the community. But now, their meetings were banned. Their message was banned. They were scattered, not to the familiarity of their homes, but to foreign places. They went from hometown celebrities to strangers in strange cities and towns. The church in Jerusalem was closed. It looked like they were done. But Jesus was still building his church. Those scattered disciples did what they had been taught to do. Wherever they went, they made disciples. As we continue to read in Acts chapter 8, we see that things were very different, but God was very powerfully at work. Let's pick up Acts chapter 8 again in verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I'm pretty sure that there were no plans to send Philip out to plant a church in Samaria at the time the persecution broke out. Philip would have been very busy with his ministry. He was a deacon responsible for feeding the many widows of the city. But then everything changed. He found himself in a new city. No feeding scheme. No apostles. No church. Philip could no longer do what he had been doing. Church as he knew it wasn't there. He could have given up, but he didn't. He went back to his basics. He asked, what really matters? What did Jesus command us to do? Be his witnesses. Make disciples. So Philip started to tell people about Jesus. Next thing he knew, he was operating as an evangelist, with signs and wonders following his preaching. He emerged from his massive crisis stronger than when he went into it, and with a greater impact. Philip emerged from his crisis in an amazing place. How will you and I? emerge from our crisis? Will you and I emerge just the same, relieved that it's finally over? Or will we emerge different, stronger, wiser, more mature, more effective? How we emerge depends on how we respond to the trials of the lockdown. Will we mourn what we can't do? Or will we look to see what we can do and ask God what he's doing? My hope and prayer is that we will all emerge from lockdown as stronger, wiser, more mature disciples. And that this will make us a stronger, wiser, more mature church. With these things in mind, I believe we need to ask ourselves the big question from our first text. What really matters? 
We want to grow in these things. From James we see that our faith really matters. That's why God tests it. That's why he refines it. We want to emerge from our trial with a purer, stronger faith. A faith that's based entirely on Jesus. What was based, what was building up your faith before you entered lockdown? Great corporate worship times? Great corporate prayer times? Great small group meetings? Great times of fellowship? Leaders who would gather around you and pray for you? These are precious things. I miss all of these things. You probably do as well. But our faith must not be centered on these things. It must be centered on Jesus. You and I are saved because we believe in Jesus. And our salvation brings us into a relationship with Jesus. We can come confidently into the presence of God because of Jesus. So, while it's glorious to worship Jesus with a congregation and a band, we can still worship Jesus in our homes. While it's so inspiring and faith-building to pray at a prayer meeting, we can still enjoy powerful prayer times in our homes. While it's fantastic to experience disciple-making and community in, in our small groups, we can still connect and build one another up using technology like WhatsApp, the faithful telephone. While it's powerful to pray in agreement over someone in person, we can still pray in agreement over the phone, over social media. While it's great to be able to invite somebody to a church meeting, we can still send them a sermon over the internet. It's not the same. It may not be our preference. But with Jesus at the centre... The church will continue to mature and advance because our faith is firmly based on Jesus and he has not changed and he is still building his church. Secondly, we see that our message really matters. We see in Acts 8 from Philip's example that our message is Jesus. Philip proclaimed the Messiah. He presented Jesus as our hope and as our king. And just as our faith must be firmly based on Jesus, our message must also be centered on Jesus. There are many good things we can talk about, but the message that changes lives forever is the message about Jesus. And lastly for this message, Our mission really matters. The scattered disciples were obedient to Jesus' commission. We are to go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28 verse 19. They went and they made disciples where they went. The church held on to their mission. And the time of persecution became a time of explosive growth. I'm sure when the persecution broke out that things must have looked as if they had gone badly wrong. But actually, God was working for the good. It must have looked 
as if the church had been shut down. But actually, the church was expanding. Jesus was building his church. It must have looked as if the disciples had lost so much. But actually, Jesus was giving them so much more. He was taking them into greater things. Friends, I'm not for a moment denying that this is a very difficult time. But the scriptures are clear. In spite of all that is happening, and all that is not happening, God is working for the good. And He is inviting us to grow stronger, wiser, more mature, and more complete. He is recentering our faith on Jesus. He is reminding us of our message, that is Jesus, and our commission to make disciples of Jesus. He is bringing us back to what really matters. Let's cooperate with all that he is doing. Because Jesus is still building his church. Amen.